Welcome to the We Go Places podcast, where we catch up with WeGo grads who share with us the story of the journey to their unique careers. I'm your host, Brian Turnbow, English teacher at WeGo since 2001, and you just heard intro music from Andy Georgiev, class of 2022. Today, I catch up with Officer Sahaj Shah from the class of 2012, Dallas police officer. Officer Shah will share with us how courses in law enforcement at UIC set him up on a path to lead him to bravely serve the citizens of Dallas, deep in the heart of Texas. Joining us from the class of 2012 is Sahaj Shah. Sahaj, tell us what you do. Hey, what's up, Mr. Turnbow? So, yeah, since graduating from uh, WeGo back in 2012, I went to the University of Illinois at Chicago and then graduated there. And then um, ultimately I'm now working for the Dallas Police Department as a Dallas police officer. And I've been there since October 18th of 2017. So I just celebrated my five-year marker with the Dallas Police Department. Uh, Fantastic. So when you started at UIC, did you know that you wanted to start a career in law enforcement? The funny thing is I, I didn't, and, um, there was a lot of questions, uh, from my parents based upon like, what am I going to do with my life? And it was just raining over me every single day. I, I honestly thought at one point I was going to go to join a federal agency. The funniest thing about this whole conversation was I went into school studying pre-physical therapy and I ended up completely completely different and um i i didn't know honestly um i realized really quickly physical therapy was not my thing just because you know working out was fun it doesn't mean that i'd like to do that for the rest of my life um and then i switched to political science and um mind you i told my parents the whole point of me switching to political science was uh, because I told them I wanted to go work for a federal agency so that way they can be happy or like proud of me. And um, after that, I realized that I did not like political science. So I switched over to criminal justice. And I had a lot of pressure from fam- from my family to, you know, they thought I was going to do one thing. And I switched to criminal justice without really telling them. And then... Um, tried my best to convince them that like I want to do law enforcement so I can I can go up the ranks and eventually go work for a federal agency but I think um I ended up just they 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 believed me when I said that so they let me do criminal justice after a while they got on board with it and then um I became and I became a police officer and um it was just a couple of years ago, or like maybe late last year, I told my parents, like, hey, I have no aspiration to go to work for a governmental uh, 
you know, agency. I just want to stay, if I stay with the police department, it's going to be with DPD and I'm just going to continue doing my career at the Dallas police department until I want out. And, um, so yeah, there's a lot, it, it was a, it was a whole thing, when, especially when coming from, um, you know, um, an Indian background, there's lots of expectations of you. Um, there's lots of, um, just you either are going to become a doctor, a lawyer or whatever, um, engineer. And I just went this complete different route and it was tough at first because I didn't feel like it was fully supported, but at the end of the day, I kind of just, you know, I kind of, I just believed in that. I wanted to do this. I wanted to be a police officer and, um, you know, I ended up making it work through some, uh, growing pains, but <laughs> yep. That's the yep. long answer to your question. Yeah. I mean, and it's, 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 it must not, it, it, it clearly was a struggle because there are those expectations uh, in such a way where you kind of knew that your aptitude wasn't necessarily going to be in the medical field with physical therapy, nor was it going to be in political science. What kind of gave you the sense of release and liberation to really pursue the, uh, uh, an entirely different field than what you felt that you had these pressures to, to go towards. Yeah. So, um, during my junior and senior year of college, I really, um, started to get into the meat and potatoes of criminal law and justice. And a lot of my professors were adjunct professors. So they had a full-time job outside of teaching and, um, there, a couple of them are law enforcement officers, um, they, various positions within the Chicago police department. And then a couple of them were, um, attorneys. And so I realized that those are the only classes that came natural to me. So those were the classes where I didn't have to study. I just kind of remembered everything. Um, and then I would stay later and I'd pick the minds of those professors, even if they were like Chicago police officers, it's like, you know, like, Hey, like just picking their brain on their career ups and downs of their career and stuff like that. And it kind of reinforced my, my belief that like, you know what, like becoming a police officer isn't like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't think about what my parents were thinking about in terms of the fact that um, the police, it's, it's not like the greatest career in the world, according to like, you know, the Indian stereotype or, or what have you. But um, I look at it in terms of enjoyment, and I noticed like those professors were the most enjoyable. They were the most, um, they were very personable. Um, and I noticed that their stories stuck with me. And I was like, you know what? That sounds like a cool freaking career. Cause I've realized really quickly that I wasn't cut out to sit behind a desk. Um, and that was something that I've always thought of myself as I like to be out and about. So, um, Law enforcement sort of resonated with me, especially um, it's so it's so funny. But watching cops and watching uh, my, the latest show before I got hired, I was watching live PD. I was so influenced. Oh my god, that's like the the best marketing technique to hire a law enforcement officer. Just have them watch a season of live PD, and they will be. They're like, I want this. I want to do this now. And for me, it was like, you know what? Screw what other people think. Like, let me give this a shot and um, just prove to myself that, hey, I can do this, you know, as like a Indian American, like I can do something outside of the norm and it's okay to do something outside of the norm. There shouldn't be any shame about it. 
in many ways you're kind of trailblazing because there are, I mean, just off the top of my head, the list begins and ends with you in terms of uh, Indian American police officers that I know personally. Uh, with that. So like, that really is uh, uh, you know, quite, you know, what you were describing before about you being after class meeting with your professors, you know, this is, it's like in, in educational psychology, it's called uh, a flow state. It's something that this very famous educational psychologist, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, he's got this really kind of cool uh, name and he describes it as exactly how you walked through your description of uh, of of your experience with these professors like you didn't have to be told to study you were you just you were so intrinsically motivated to to learn more is like your thirst for it was not it's just unquenchable and, and all that when what were some of the kind of specific classes that really entrenched your intrigue of law enforcement where it was it was just like you couldn't get enough of it and it even before you got into the field work uh for this what were some of the fun classes or fascinating classes uh that you took at uic yeah so um there was this class that i took i still i was actually pretty connected to that professor up until um uh, up until just recently, I haven't been able to make it back to Illinois in so long. But, um, but you know, the, it was just what had me was the simple introduction to criminology class. And that was like criminology 101. And I was like, this is sweet. Like this stuff is coming natural to me. I don't have to study for hours and hours and, you know, uh, you know, at one in the morning, leave the library. It's like, no, like I, I can write this paper. I can do, I can take this quiz. I can do this uh test no problem i just have to and i and then the other classes that were were um policing in society and then just like those classes that that um that go that correlate directly with the profession so like there were some classes like um forensics and stuff like that great classes but they didn't necessarily correlate straight with like policing and society but like so those classes that were um directly related to police work i can't remember some of those off the top of my head but those were the ones that really stuck with me and those were all taught by um adjunct uh adjunct uh, faculty i think one of them was taught by a commander within the chicago police department and so like i would just stay after talk to that guy i'm sure he's been on for like 30 years. He's probably like, Oh, why is this kid asking me a bunch of questions? Like, you know what I mean? But like, I was just so intrigued by what the Chicago police, like just the different fields in the Chicago police department that I was like, man, like, I hope this guy doesn't mind that I take his brain for the next 30 minutes after class. <laughs> I'm sure they love it. I mean, it's I, 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 that's the one thing that I've kind of come across is, you know, when people show interest uh, in their particular field, they're very generous with their time. You know, I, I, I probably, it, it probably was the absolute opposite of what you thought. They're probably, he's probably really excited to share uh, that. So um, did you get, so what's the next step in your, your education at UIC? Did you have to do any type of like internship before you, like what was, so what's the, what's the leap from, coursework into actual field work in criminal justice yeah so um 
You know what, real quick, Mr. Turnbow, I just wanted to go back to that last question. The couple classes I truly enjoyed were gangs and the media. So I love mm. learning about gangs. Violence in society was great. Um, race, class, gender, and the law was good. Um, and I think there was another one. Um, oh, I already said the other one, which was uh, um, police and society. So like, yeah, so those are like some of the exact classes that I thoroughly enjoyed. But anyway, circling back to your current question. Um, internships, um, it was, so I went out and decided to do an internship on my own. I didn't have to do one. Um, so I did an internship with the Glendale Heights Police Department and um, did a bunch of stuff with them, did ride-alongs. Um, I think it was like six weeks on every shift. And um, so day shift, afternoon shift, and then night shift, uh, six weeks on each. And then I did um, some of the other side of police work, like doing stuff with uh, the community with those with Glendale Heights PD. And then um, I did do, I did um, embark on a research project at the University of Illinois at Chicago. So I was actually on the research project that brought body cameras to um, Chicago police. So they were, so our job was to go from precinct to precinct to precinct, surveying officers on what they thought of body cameras. Uh, did they like it? They did not, did they not like it? Um, so eventually body cameras became mandatory for everyone. And so it was pretty cool to be part of that research project uh, with one of my professors, um, really get a firsthand look at body cameras. There's a couple of things I did. Oh. Yeah. So I got a couple of follow-up questions. Uh, uh, first, to kind of go back to your experience at Glendale Heights. What type of uh, autonomy did they give you, uh, during this? Like, were you, I mean, obviously there's, you're, you're not going to be equipped with a, a gun belt and a badge and all those things, but like, how did you know that you, it, it's kind of like, you know, if someone's going to the medical field and they can't get out of the, um, uh, the autopsy lab, you know, where they're at the mm -hmm. cadaver lab, you know, they're like, well, I can't handle, you know, that. Uh, but with law enforcement, I imagine there's probably, you're, if you're had an internship for those weeks that you were there, you saw some things that would probably make other people cringe and go away from law enforcement, but that wasn't your experience. When did you know that you had it or the type of stomach and the type of um, resolve to be uh, in the position that you were let? Cause I, I would imagine that must've been a, a very formative experience to be able to know that you could, handle uh at least it'd be proximal to the type of uh really high tension situations uh how did you know or when did you know that you probably had what it takes to to be a police officer what at glendale heights yeah so uh with this internship uh i wrote i wrote out with a lot of the patrol officers and um some of them would be some of them would be like hey stay in the car when we do a traffic stop or or when we go to a call, just stay in the car. And some of them were like, "Hey, get out and um, you know, come see, come see, come see how we do things." And so I would stand by their front push bumper, you know, while they went and spoke to the spoke to the individual. So I, I really, so I think when when I started writing on a, on deep nights on night shift, um, I rode with an officer, and he was like, and we would do traffic stops all the time, and I and I just really liked it. I was like, man, like you just don't know what you're getting into when you pull a car over. And 
I don't know. I guess like part of that like feeling of uncertainty, I actually enjoyed because I was like, geez, like this guy, like your adrenaline could, you it'll either be the smoothest traffic stop in the whole wide world and it'll be so friendly, such a great encounter or your adrenaline just going to jump through the roof. And I think just like the uncertainty, it's, it gave, it's, it got, it's like exciting. And so I was like, wow, I kind of like this. And then um, what else was there? There was um, another instance where they were investigating a hoarder who had died. So in order to get inside of her apartment, there was just so much stuff, garbage that was just piled up and, she had been decomposing in there. So, you know, I, that comes with the territory. And I was like, well, I got to experience that as an intern. Um, what else was there? I didn't get to do anything like too crazy, but I did ride along with an officer who was, um, I think, trying to get into the FBI or he was on some sort of task force. So he really gave me like some of the, um, actually he was, he was uh, in a task force of the DEA. So uh, he gave me some um, advice on like, you know, what or guidance on what he does. And I was like, it's like, man, this stuff sounds pretty cool. Like sounds up my alley. And so that was pretty much like I was sold at that point. <laughs> I was sold on the career. <laughs> Did you like I, on these ride around, ride arounds that ride alongs, I should say that you were uh, involved in, did you kind of observe like ways to de-escalate the tensions? Like at what was like, what's the go-to move to bring the temperature down when you are in these kind of high tension things where you need the person to kind of take a deep breath and kind of make sure that they don't fly off the handle. Cause I, I would imagine you see this in traffic stops or domestic uh, incidents, like, uh, you know, in all that, what is there a, is there a surefire move to kind of, again, bring the temperature down when you're in these interactions? Yeah. So for your usual traffic stops, honestly, you kill them with kindness. Like that's exactly what you do. You, you like, they could be the most irate individual for getting pulled over. Um, and quite frankly, you don't know what they're going through in their personal life or what have you. You're, you're just doing your job at the end of the day, but you, if if you're speaking um, with some sort of anger, then they're gonna they're gonna one up your anger. The the key is you just kill them with kindness, respectfully talk to them, just like the way you'd want to be talked to them. And there's different things that 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 you could do that will eventually they'll bring their temperature down. There there's no if if I'm talking to you in such a calm, cool, collective manner, um, there's no way you could still continue to scream at me after just for pulling you over for a violation, like. At the end of the day, they'll come down to your level and then you guys can have a adult conversation on what happened. And and I'll be honest with you, just in my experience, a lot of the time a lot of the people that I've arrested, I've done it in a very in a very like calm co- collected manner, you know, for the most part, unless ten, unless like there was a very high si- tense situation, but um and and they'll and they'll most likely comply with you i mean you you know you you have the 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 one-off that you know they might not comply and then that resorts to using force i mean it, it happens that's just part of the that's just part of the job but 99 percent of the time like you use your words we learned in the police academy that verbal judo is one of your best friends in police work like you you they'll more than likely so sometimes they'll talk we call it talking themselves into handcuffs like they just do it or you know or you just 
have a nice little conversation with them and you let them go with a warning, you know, it's just, that's what I noticed those officers did. There was like no one, no, no officers ever yelling at a traffic stop. No officer was ever getting really mouthy with anybody. It was just very calm, collected police work. So Sahaj, how did you get from Glendale Heights to Dallas? Yeah, so I was in the hiring process with multiple departments. And what I mean by that is I was, um, there was about, I was close to applying to like 19 or 20 different suburban agencies all over Illinois, just like within the Chicagoland area, really. And um, I was being put on wait lists and uh, there was about a couple openings, about two to three openings maximum. And there'd be like 300 people who would apply. So it was super competitive. And what I noticed that the suburban agencies, you're basically competing with, you're competing with so many people that it's almost like I was kind of getting tired of it. And I was like, well, why even really try for a suburban agency? I should be going for a bigger city. So that way, bigger cities recruit by the hundreds, not just by two or three. So after getting put on many wait lists, and then um, I was I went to work one day, and my boss told me he's like, "Hey, um, the Dallas Dallas Police Department is hiring over over here, and um, just literally up the road from us. You, know, you should look into it." And so I was like, "Yeah, you know, I was thinking I don't I don't really feel like relocating, and so I, you know, I didn't really pay much attention to it. But then after a little while, I thought about it, and I was like, "Well, you know." Um, it doesn't hurt just to, just to apply. I I really didn't have anything tying me down to Chicago in terms of, like, I had my family there, but, you know, my family would have been supportive if I went to another city to um, pursue a career. So I wasn't too worried about that. And, um, you know, it sucked to leave friends, of course, too. But so I said, oh, you know, whatever, let me just do it. So I went ahead and I applied. Um spoke to a recruiter, filled out all the paperwork, and then, you know, just went through the recruiting process from there. And turns out it was the most fast and efficient recruiting process I've ever possibly, like, I've just never experienced such efficiency. So I was like, you know what, like, this is probably a sign. This is probably a sign that I should go ahead and I should, um, you know, strongly consider if I do get the position, I should really consider moving. And then, um, so yeah, what, so I, so I ended up getting the position, you know, my wife was, my wife, my not wife was super supportive of moving to Dallas. And so when they gave me the Academy date, uh, we made a mutual decision that, you know, we would, we would move to Dallas and then, um, and so yeah, the rest is history from there. <clears throat> so you, you make it to Dallas, you, you make the move and what was the Academy like? So what's the, how, like how soon upon arriving in Dallas, do you begin the Academy and what's, what is the Academy experience like when like, it, like what are the hours of it? What are the type of classes and the training that you do? Walk me through that process. Yeah. So when, um, so it was funny cause Dallas DPD told me, there, after I got the after I got the invitation to the academy, basically my that was basically my condition of employment. They were they told me could, would I be able to start the next class, which was starting in literally three days from when they offered me the position. So I had to move. 
So basically, I wanted to move my life over all the way to Dallas in just three days. I had to, I had to tell them, hey, realistically, I can't do that. I just, I don't have any logistical planning in place to make that move in three days. So they were like, that's fine. We'll uh, put you in the next class that starts in, um, in December of 2017. And I was like, cool. I was like, that works. They were like, well, what do you, and then they told me, how about you move down here as quickly as possible? And, um, we'll get you, um, a, a, um, position inside of the, the youth operations, um, uh, investigative department, and we'll pay you the salary of a full-time recruit. Uh, you'll have Monday through Friday with the weekends off. Um, you just have to come, come to work and, you know, they'll, you can just meet with the detectives and help them out with, you know, admin work and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh, I was like, I was like that's great. So that's when I immediately put in my two weeks at my current, at the job I was at. And I was like, you know what, like DPD is literally going to pay me a salary just to go to an office eight to five with Saturday, Sundays off until the Academy starts. So I was like, heck yeah. So October 17th, no, I think it's October 18th is when I started my first day over there of 2017. And then my Academy. So up until I, I did this like pre-hire uh, thing where uh, all the way until the Academy started, which was in December can't remember the full date in December, but it was in December. So I had a few weeks to literally, you know, uh, know the ropes of uh, Dallas, know different areas, there is good areas. I got to work with detectives, got to go on ride alongs. Literally, I pretty much had like the best experience I could ever ask for, especially for somebody who moved from uh, out of state. And then when the academy started, that's when um, the real challenge began because uh, DPD runs their um, academy as like a paramilitary organization. It's extremely strict, very structured. Um, and so that's when the real challenge began. And so some of those, I think the hardest part of the academy for me was um, it was nine months of just pure like stress and just um, academic bombardment, physical bombardment, and, and in, in a good way too, because um, these every Monday we would be given a academic test and it would be about 50 to 100 questions long and they were college style exams. You can't uh, fail, you can only fail up to three tests and then you're fired and you have to go through the hiring process all over again. So huh. Yeah, so they, they kept extremely, extremely strict. Uh, the process to weed out people uh, definitely was there. Um, only the serious could really, could really go through something like that, especially if you haven't been through like college type of um, testing and stuff like that. Physically, the academy was, the phys academy wasn't too bad physically. Um, and I think I say that because I had been working out since like 2011, 2012. So in that sense, I, I wasn't too, um, flustered by that but nine I tell you what nine months of just yelling and just you know <laughs> strict um, boot camp type operation was getting was actually actually got really old towards the end and I was so sick of it I was like man like most police academies are at maximum six months I was like why are we in this nine month academy uh just getting yelled at every single day. Like I was, I was getting so irritated with it, but I just stuck it through because 
um, DPD purposely does that as they're known to have one of the most rigorous academies in the entire nation and the lengthiest academy. So, so yeah, the academy was definitely a culture shock. Um, I'm not prior military, so I, I mean, I, you know, I it was a whole different different ball game for me. But you know, you get through it and you eventually make it out. Uh, was there any um, specialty? in the academy where you're like, oh, I think I want to do more detective work or I want to do maybe more forensic or something uh, like, were there, was there any type of field within or specialty or concentration that was offered in uh, the academy that you could begin to narrow your focus on? Or, or does, is that something that happens once you leave the academy, get a few years of experience, and then they, they put you back into more specific type of training for a specialty? Yeah. So in the academy, it was just, um, it was just uh, basic academics and the overall like totality of police work. Um, there was no specialties or anything like that, but the way DPD does it is that after you get on, after you graduate the Academy, you finish your field training, which is training, um, in the streets. Um, and you, you know, spend a few years in patrol, then more opportunities open up to you because, um, they want to see that, Hey, like you did, at least you served your time in patrol. seems like, you know, the minimum, it seems like, you know, a lot of what, you know, day-to-day police work is like now, um, you know, you can apply to other investigative, uh, bureaus or task forces or what have you. Um, also the best way into one of those uh, bureaus is by taking a promotional exam. And in the five years I've been with DPD, I just took a promotional exam last year. So they're really scarce. And, um, once you pass a pro- then you'll have even more opportunities open up to you. So you can go become a canine officer, you can become a detective, you can become, uh, you can work in youth operations, recruiting. So um, what the only way to into one of those is after you spend some time in patrol and, you know, they see that, hey, you um, basically, you know how to do uh, day-to-day police work. But is there any, so is there one specialty that's uh, caught your interest that you're thinking about uh, knocking on the door and, and uh, pursuing, or are you just, are you still kind of enjoying uh, your work uh, on patrol? Yeah. So I'm in a specialty unit right now, which is a neighborhood police officer um, unit. So basically what that means is I work directly with the community um, to bridge the gap between the, the citizens and, and the police. And then I do, and in that, it entails like, you know, working with children, throwing Christmas events, Thanksgiving events, um, holding active shooter trainings with businesses in my beats, um, making sure uh, convenience stores and stuff like that are up to compliance. So you work directly with um, the city of Dallas code compliance. And then, um, and then just holding crime watch meetings at apartment complexes in my beat. So basically going over statistics of, Hey, this is what's going on in your area. You should do this. You should do that. Be advised, you know, um, you know, just read off statistics to them. So that way it keeps a residence in the loop of what's going on. That's not- have you found that, that, have you found that that has been, um, 
very fruitful for building the kind of uh, bridge that you were uh, talking about with the community? Have you have you seen like a, a, that it's it's created the type of uh, connections and, uh, and and good sentiment uh, amongst uh, the people there? Yeah, and and you know the the part of where my beat is in a area of Dallas that really loves and appreciates police. Um, it's in a it's it's a pretty affluent area where I'm uh, working. So a lot of those people uh, really appreciate police work, and they appreciate just being in the know. So um, you know they and so when I do crime when I do crime watch meetings at apartment complexes you always have like concerned but appreciative citizens that come out and, you know, they want to know what's going on. Um, so, and then as for the kids, whenever I go, whenever I work in those schools in that, in my, in my beats, uh, I notice that the kids, like, you know, the kids love us. <laughs> so it's, so, I mean, you know, that's good. And also it feels good to know that the work that I'm doing here, you know, I may change a, Excuse me. I may change. I may change the view of um, you know a child who maybe is uh, has a lot of police interaction in their life, or you know because of their parents or whatever. So I, I do feel good on that part. I just, my whole point is I just want the children to know like whenever we go to those schools that hey, you know the the police are your friends. So you said this has been your fifth year, uh, uh, the Dallas uh, police. What have been some of the um innovations uh, that you've seen happening in law enforcement that have maybe made your life easier? Body, I think body camera, that, that innovation was, that innovation is great. Um, I love my body camera. And then also just, we, I think Dallas Police Department prides itself on having some of the top training in the entire nation. So I really got to get exposed to different um, less lethal weapon systems uh, we have a really um, intense gun range course where, you know, you are um, learning how to accurately shoot your firearm and clean it, et cetera. So um, I think Dallas Police Department did a great job with training. That that innovation in itself is like the biggest thing. Um, they teach you officer safety. They teach you how to de-escalate. They teach you how to use less lethal weapons. And then not only that, they put you through so many refresher courses. So, um, like last year, I went through the 40 millimeter. Um, uh, it's basically like um, it's like a less lethal shotgun, and so I went through that class. Very comprehensive class. It was. It was. Um, they taught you how to use the weapon and all that. And then they also, um, I gotta say, to me, the, the the best innovation in police work this day and age has to be the body camera because you you'll be so surprised on what people will say about you and accuse you of doing and threaten you with um but a simple body camera review can literally save you from so much stress of going to you know internal affairs and getting complained on and stuff like that um it saved me i i've only been complained on once in my career and um that complaint went unfounded because my body camera saved me that i was they just accuse the guy accused me of some uh, wrongdoing in terms like um, 
And I was like, no, like, look on my body camera. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't you know, we had, we had been talking about this earlier. Like you had said that you do like some type of retraining, but like you, we were talking earlier that you, you listen to a ton of podcasts and you do things to kind of stay sharp uh, with, uh, with, uh, with, with, things that that help you as a police officer what, what are the types of things that you read listen to and watch that uh you think kind of uh help you and in some ways might be beneficial for any uh current wildcats that might be thinking about getting into law enforcement what, what would you maybe uh advise them to uh, uh kind of listen to watch uh or read number one thing that i would recommend especially if you're interested in law enforcement is um do go, go definitely do a ride along and definitely try to see if you can do an internship uh ride along would be great um and as weird as it sounds like watching shows like live pd and stuff like that definitely help you because you're literally on board a live ride along so just it give you a good gist of what the job entails it's not all chasing bad guys it's not all throwing people in jail and all that believe it or not that's like about five percent of police work it's not all adrenaline dumps like I originally thought it was. Um, it's completely different. And that gives you good insight on what like some officers and deputies do on a day-to-day basis, stuff like that. Now, for me, to keep up with training and to keep up with um, just what's going on in law enforcement, I follow a channel on YouTube. And um, it drives my wife crazy when I watch this stuff. Um, but it's called Police Activity. And um, it's all of the police, it's all officer-involved shootings that go down. And then it's everything from the 911 call to the body camera footage of everything that goes down. And it's it's very graphic. But at the end of the day, um, you have to learn, you you should be able to realize that like, okay, like this, this occurred here. If I were in that situation, how would I go about it? Tactically speaking, you know, would there be something different that I'm saying to the individual? Would there be a different way to go about um, using this force? And I hate to say it like your Monday, Monday night, uh, Monday uh, night quarterbacking the officers that are involved in that critical incident, but you do it from a place of like training. Mm. So it actually gives you. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so the fact that like you go through mental repetition if it ever came down to that and you're in that situation, you'll resort back to what mental repetitions you've been through. So just, um, and then the other thing is. Where do you, where do you see yourself maybe in five, 10 years uh, in this uh, field? Are you, are you still with Dallas uh, police department? Are you uh, moving back home to Illinois? Uh, what's, what's the, uh, what's the plan? Yeah. So and I got myself a pretty cush gig right now. Um, I'm not a patrol officer anymore, so I, I do a lot of community engagement events um, in a different part of town. And so I really like that, and I could see myself doing that for the next five years, but I'm also on the promotional list. So if I promote um, to the next rank, then what's going to happen is they're going to send me back to patrol and I'll be a field trainer. So I'll have um, a rookie in the car and I'll get to train the rookie like I was trained one day and I get to do that. Um, but I also on the side, really, I, I love real estate and um, 
you know, I want to, I want to continue, I want to start investing in real estate and have, um, you know, passive income on the side. So that way, you know, one day I can, you know, I can leave law enforcement and I can have real estate to, to keep me going. So, um, that's, so either promoting and then just making a nest egg really <laughs> for my future. So that way, yeah. yeah. So that way I'm taken care of if I choose to leave in five years, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. um, you should always have something on the, on your, um, you should always have something going around in your investment side where, um, if you wanted to leave, then hell you can leave, you know, and it shouldn't, you don't have to feel like you're tied down if that makes sense. Saj, this has been an awesome conversation and uh i i always like ending the interview uh by asking uh the guest if there's any tips for success that you would give uh current wildcats what would that be if you're looking to get in law enforcement try not to believe everything the news media throws at you because they can really jade you and it can really make you second guess uh why you want to do it um you know do your own research, do your ride-alongs and just realize why you want to, why you want to join. And that's good enough for you to join because quite frankly, you know, all police agencies are pretty suffering right now. And the number, and the, and the second thing is when you go to college, um, if you go to college or, or the military, um, don't study criminal justice. Uh, just because I'm not saying um, don't take criminal justice classes, Definitely take the classes, definitely take those really cool classes with the adjunct professors, but study something else, uh, an, another major that can help create a backup plan for you. Because um, truth be told, with criminal justice, there's a couple of things you can do. You can become, uh, you can be a teacher, you can be a professor, you can become an attorney by going to law school, or you can be a police officer. But if none of those things are like, let's say you want to do law enforcement, but you're not interested in some of the other backup ideas, it's good to have a it's good to have a different foundation, because you can always be a law enforcement officer from any different background. Like my one of my field trainers was an investment banker for J.P. Morgan Chase, so he had a really high, he had a really high position with J.P. Morgan Chase in the corporate world and left. And his advice to me was, obviously it was very late, but I didn't, but uh. You know, he's like, he had a finance background. Like if, you know, it's always good to have something in, in your back pocket you can resort to. So if you like accounting, you like engineering, you like finance, you know, hell, you like the medical field, then um, definitely pursue that. And don't think, oh, I want to be a cop. So I don't, I, I don't necessarily need that. It's like, think of it more as like a, a, it's like a reassurance. Like, hey, you know, just in case law enforcement doesn't work out. Just in case something happens uh, during my law enforcement career, and I would, and I don't want to join or whatever, or I don't want to, or I want out, then you have something to fall back on. So I think that's my biggest advice, and I wish somebody would have told me that while I was at UIC. So um, you know, I would have still been a cop. Well, Sahaj, thank you so much, and uh, uh, best of luck, and thank you for your service uh, and everything that you do for the people of uh, Dallas. Thank you so much for your time, Mr. Turnbull. I, when I when when we come back up to Illinois, I will definitely, definitely, definitely make some time and come by and just hang out. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be so great. Thanks, bud. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening. 
Help spread the word about We Go Places podcast by sharing this episode with one other wildcat. As always, find past and future episodes on Apple or Google Podcasts or any other platform. Just search We Go Vox. That's We Go V-O-X. You can also stay current by following us on Facebook at We Go Places Podcast or on Twitter at We Go Places.